Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, there's tons to get to here. You know, when I started in radio, a long time ago, really, not as long as Rush, for sure, not as long as Sean, for sure, and I said to Rush, I'm going to be on after Sean, Sean's on after you, what am I going to say? And he's very wise, Rush is. He said, well, whatever the topic is, Mark, they haven't heard from you yet. I said, wow, that's pretty cool to think that way. In other words, despite the media's best effort to pretend that all conservative hosts are the same, we're not. Except for the fact that we're conservative. We have different knowledge bases, different experience different content, different personalities. Some people like this one, some people like the other one. Whatever, doesn't matter. But he was so right. And most of the day, unfortunately, I can't listen to the other host because I'm doing Levin TV or preparing for my Fox show or I'm writing. So it becomes very difficult. If I'm in the car, I can pick something up from time to time. And although everybody competes against everybody, at least they think they do, Thank God for the other host, too. I mean, it'd be ridiculous to think I could fill 24-7. And there's some exceptional hosts out there. Some so-so, but some exceptional hosts out there. And we're glad they're all on the team. You know, the weekends are brutal if you waste your time watching cable TV or these Sunday shows. CNN, they had James Clyburn on double down on the president being Hitler. Then he calls him Mussolini. You got April Ryan, who's a fraud. 
I believe she's a reporter of some sort. Again, a fraud. Uh, she blatantly lies about the president. You got Joe Lockhart, who's always been a scumbag. Uh, he was uh, Clinton's mouthpiece. Well, that doesn't sound right. He was Clinton's propagandist. And uh, he also was a uh, moron that worked at Major League Baseball. And he's out there that Joe Biden shouldn't debate. This is something we've been concerned about a long time. Brian Stelter, who's in the back pocket of the Democrats. You know, you can go on and on and on. Nancy Pelosi trashing, trashing one of the doctors, Dr. Burke. It's, and this is interesting. And I'll get into that later. Then you have a plagiarist like Mike Barnacle, perfectly named. It ought to be more like Barnacle Mike. And he's slamming away. It just goes on and on and on. And this is media. These are news sites. This, these are newsrooms. And they might as well be mental institutions. And we'll get to all that eventually. Democrats threatening to pack the Supreme Court and increase the numbers if the Republicans dare to try and fill a seat should RBG... Uh, Retire. She's not going to retire. She'll hold on to the last breath. That's what the liberals do in the court. They hold on to the last breath. She'll hold on to the last breath. Because remember what their religion is. But that's not what I want to start with. I want to start with what is the purpose of government? Is it to redistribute wealth? Is it to give you free health care? Is it to pay for your college? What is the purpose? It is to protect you. The whole reason that you're part of a society is so the society can be civil, so people can function, so they can live their lives without being molested. And government's failing us, failing us significantly. Nobody wants to live in a major big city anymore. Nobody. And when the coronavirus hit, I told you, these cities are now going to depopulate. And then on top of that, the riots, now they're really going to depopulate. And you know what's happening? They're depopulating. People who can get out can't get out fast enough. Of course, they're going to go to the suburbs and vote Democrat because a lot of these people are just plain stupid. But nonetheless... As pointed out at National Review Online, homicides spike in 50 largest cities across the nation. Homicides, gun violence, major cities around the country since the start of the coronavirus, economic recession, unrest. Across the nation's 50 largest cities, homicides are up 24% this year, totaling 3,612 so far, according to the Wall Street Journal analysis. In 36 of those 50 cities, The homicide rate has increased by double digits. Now, to just read the cold statistics as a note, think about the human beings here. And in the face of this, most of these cities are slashing the budgets for the police. Now, I wonder nobody wants to stay there if they can get out of there. Black-on-black crime in particular is through the roof. So the basketball players are having a cool time with their uh, self-aggrandizement. The football players are having a cool time with their self-aggrandizement. The baseball players are having a cool time with their self-aggrandizement. But where the rubber hits the road in the inner cities, it's horrible. Horrible. 
Chicago saw the largest jump in homicides, more than 400 more homicides than this time last year. Think about that. An increase of more than 50%. Philadelphia and New York City came in just behind the country's third largest city, both telling more than 200 more homicides this year. Chicago, Austin, Fort Worth, Texas saw the largest increase in murders. And the staggering increase in violence comes after months of protests against police departments that have included calls to defund and dismantle departments in Minneapolis. Police and crime experts have attributed the spike in violence to a variety of factors, including a rise in gang violence, economic recession caused by a shutdown of businesses, the lack of activity during the pandemic by social institutions that historically helped tamp down crime, such as churches and schools. And this is very important because Dr. Fauci wants this stuff closed down. And the teachers union wants the schools closed down while they still get paid. What did I say last week? They're threatening to go on strike. How would you know? How would you know? Now, look at Minneapolis. You've probably heard this today, but as Rush would say, you haven't heard me say it. You haven't heard me discuss it. Robberies and carjackings have increased in our precinct. An email begins, the uh, Minneapolis Police Department. Cell phones, purses, vehicles are being targeted. Some victims have been maced, dragged, assaulted, and some threatened with a gun. Most of these crimes have occurred north of 42nd Southeast. 100 robberies, 20 carjackings have been reported to the 3rd Precinct Police in July alone. I thought they burned that down. Downtown and southwest Minneapolis have seen an increase as well. We want those who live and work here to be safe. Well, wanting is one thing. Doing is another. And Minneapolis used to be a fairly safe town. It's not that big, about a half a million residents. The email goes on to list several tips that citizens can supposedly use to protect themselves. And that includes letting criminals have what they want. This is from the Daily Wire. Do not walk alone. Be hyper-aware of your surroundings at all times. Pay attention. Carry only items you need and carry less cat. Well, one item you would need, Mr. Producer, I would think, is a 9mm, maybe a 38 Special. I've got a beautiful 357 Magnum. Beautiful. It's all titanium, by the way. Be prepared to give up your cell phone and purse and wallet. In other words, be prepared to be a victim. Have keys already in your hand as you approach your car. Despite all our efforts, robberies will still occur, exclamation. Do not argue or fight with the criminal. Do as they say. Your safety is most important. Be a good witness. When you call 911, be prepared to answer many questions. How many suspects? Age, height, complexion, hair and eye color. Scars or tattoos? Weapon? What did it look like? What direction did they leave in? Vehicle description. What? Now, this is kind of weird. Here's my list of things to do. Vote these bastards out of office. Retract all anti-gun laws. Relevant to self-protection, anyway. Allow concealed carry. Or get the hell out of there. You want to live your life like this? These Democrat cities are a disaster. 
Joe Biden hasn't criticized any of this. Nancy Pelosi hasn't criticized any of this. Chuck Schumer hasn't criticized any of this. Apparently they want money for these cities. Not for the police, no. Well, for whom? The teachers? They're not teaching. Mr. Producer, what are they going to use all this money for? Schools aren't functioning. Police aren't functioning. What are they going to use the money for? More bureaucrats? More fellow Democrats getting hired? This is what's taking place. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom. And freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. So in Minneapolis and other cities, which have gone absolutely insane thanks to the Marxist Black Lives Matter, the Marxist anarchist Antifa, the Marxist Democrat Party, all traitors by Nancy Pelosi's definition, and henceforth I am calling her Eva Pelosi. If they can keep calling the president Hitler and Mussolini and our guys stormtroopers and so forth, she does look a little bit like Eva Braun, don't you think, Mr. Producer? In the right light. I'm sorry, she does. So Eva Pelosi, that is your name henceforth. And this is the life they have for you. This is what they have in mind. And I hope the people in the suburbs understand this, because you're under attack now, too. I've seen the articles. There was an article on NBC News Single-family homes are elusive for black Americans. I read this piece. It's so full of S. It's unbelievable. You have more mobility and movement of minorities out of the inner cities and out of the inner city surrounding suburbs into the further suburbs than any time in American history. Homes are more affordable now than any time in American history. The diversity of developments that are out there Apartment buildings and townhomes and, and, uh, and single-family homes. May I say single-family homes? I think I will. Yes, they're out there. And so uh, the news media just keep banging the drums. More and more, they are, they are representative of this extreme radical element in the Democrat Party. And this is what we get. Meanwhile, there are millionaires, in some cases billionaires, who think their job, their job is to advance a political agenda. Now what I'm about to say I said before my brother Stephen A. Smith didn't like what I said. We should bring him back this week, Mr. Producer. And that is this. The current crop of athletes are selfish, 
and they're narcissistic, and they're extremely wealthy. And they're destroying what other men and women in athletics have built and which they're taking advantage of. And they're also destroying the future of these sports for young people in high school and college who might try to move into uh, professional athletics. And as I told Stephen Ayers, and I've told you folks too, this is going to have an effect on viewership and attendance. Well, attendance clearly because they don't have attendance, but viewership. People don't want to watch this crap. They're just not going to. First of all, half the country more doesn't agree with it. As we first broke here on Black Lives Matter, thanks to Mr. Producer finding that 2015 video of one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter, we played it on this program. Oh, and I want to thank all my fellow brothers and sisters in broadcasting for attribution to Mr. Producer. Did you hear all that, Mr. Producer? Must have missed it. Anyway, so that they're Marxist. They're highly trained ideologues. That's them. I'm paraphrasing them. They're Marxists. What else did we demonstrate here? They're also un-American. They hate America. What else did we demonstrate here? They're also anti-Semitic. They're also anti-nuclear family. Meanwhile, virtually every single basketball player except Jonathan Isaac, good man, embraces it. Embraces it. Now, they have to embrace what the group stands for. They keep talking about the group. So you have these millionaire, billionaire basketball players who are apparently anti-Semitic, believe in Marxism, except when it comes to themselves, do not believe in the nuclear family, and on and on and on. It's absurd. Well, America knows this. Because there is an America outside of ESPN. There is an America outside of, of, uh, of, these, uh, of Fox Sports and all the rest of it. A big America who are well aware of all this. So their ratings are tanking. They're crashing for the NBA, Major League Baseball, and all the others. As the NBA and Major League Baseball, Breitbart.com, returned from the coronavirus-imposed hiatus. It appears TV viewers are not interested in what the increasingly woke leagues have to offer. With both baseball and basketball draped in all sorts of Black Lives Matter and social justice symbolism for their opening games... A substantially smaller number of fans tuned in to the rest of the week's game. They're going to destroy these leagues. They're going to destroy ESPN. They're going to destroy the broadcasters. They're going to take the whole kit and caboodle with them. I told you so. America doesn't want this crap. America's had enough of this crap. We're paying you and watching you to play sports. We want your political opinion. Well, we don't. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale's been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. 
Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levin, America's Paul Revere. Call him now at 877-381-3811. You know, uh, Nancy Pelosi likes to use the word stormtroopers, which, of course, defines her party very well. I notice a lot of them wear brown shirts, too, Mr. Producer. Have you noticed that? Now, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, a.k.a. Eva Pelosi and Schmucky Chucky, they now walk to the microphone together like they're dating each other. Have you noticed this, Mr. Producer? Like they're an item. And there's Pelosi with her little shuffle steps. And Schumer always has his head down, staring at his loafers. I said, this reminds me of something when I was a little kid. You know what it reminds me of? Morticia and Gomez. She looks like Morticia. He looks like Gomez without the mustache. Think about that next time you see the two of them sort of waddling and shuffling to the microphone. Stormtroopers. Gestapo. You have this fool Clyburn. It's called the President Hitler. Now he calls him Mussolini. He doesn't know anything about Hitler and Mussolini. I am sick and damn tired of these Democrats invoting Adolf Hitler and the Third Reich to define Republican presidents. They did it with Reagan. They did it with Bush. They did it with Bush. And they do it with Trump. And they do it with Trump more often than any other president. Adolf Hitler. This should offend enough voters to throw these bastards out of office, but it doesn't. Because we've lost our history. Many of those people riding in the streets, a lot of them are teenagers. A lot of them are college students or recent grads. Almost all of them are white. White privilege, you might say. Very few of them really know the history of Adolf Hitler or Mussolini. Probably can't spell his name or Toja or any of them. Or any of them. Adolf Hitler. This president's fighting for individual liberty, for private property rights, for tax cuts. Does that sound like Adolf Hitler? And coming from the left, it's amazing because their favorite newspaper, the New York Times, protected Franklin Roosevelt and covered up the Holocaust for the most part. And so did the Washington Post, our free media. We have a couple of young kids, mostly white, but as I looked at the video on Right Scoop, one was black, who are in Washington, D.C., and they decide on a crosswalk, if you will, on a sidewalk in front of Planned Parenthood to write in chalk. So in other words, the rain comes and wipes the chalk away, washes it away. Black pre-born lives matter. Black pre-born lives matter. As CBN reported, officers with Washington, D.C.'s Metropolitan Police Department arrested two pro-life protesters early Saturday morning for attempting to write black pre-born lives matter in chalk in front of a Planned Parenthood facility 
even though representatives of the groups Students for Life of America, oh, that sounds pretty awful, doesn't it? And the Frederick Douglass Foundation, wow, said they had the necessary permit to do so. According to the group's leaders, the organization had received a permit to paint Black Preborn Lives Matter with temporary paint on the street at their event directly in front of the abortion facility. We were told verbally that we would not be prevented from painting and what kind of paint to buy, said Students for Life spokesperson Christy Hamrick in an email to the Washington Times, adding that the group was told to use non-permanent temporary paint. The group says D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser allowed the painting of the slogan Black Lives Matter on a public street, permanent paint. The city, and we've seen this all over the country, New York and so forth. The city also allowed activists to paint other messages on city streets, including defund the police. So upon the arrival of the pro-life group, the student pro-life group, at the abortion facility, they were greeted by six D.C. police cars. The group had planned to use the temporary paint they had purchased at police insistence, but officers told them they couldn't use it. Then some members of the group asked if they could use sidewalk chalk to write their message instead. A college student and an SLA staff member began writing on the sidewalk, and according to video and other media outlet accounts, a police officer approached the two and told them they would be arrested if they continued. Now, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, in other words, the Democrats, they're burning down buildings, they're looting buildings, they're shooting people, they're stabbing people. They hate Jews, they hate America, they're Marxists, and they're mostly peaceful. These young people are absolutely peaceful, completely civil. They're threatened. Remember that hearing with Bill Barr, that disgrace with the Democrats? Remember they said, don't you believe in peaceful protests? Isn't it funny that conservatives, whether pro-life or whatever, are almost always peaceful? What about the Clinton? They're not conservatives. They have nothing to do with conservatives. They're more like the left. But true blue, traditional conservative, always peaceful. The Tea Party was always peaceful. Erica Caparoletti, a 22-year-old student at Townsend University, and Warner DePriest, a 29-year-old D.C. resident, were arrested and charged with defacing public or private property, according to D.C. police. According to the Washington Post, the two were held for about an hour before they returned to the Planned Parenthood facility. This is government censorship, said Caparoletti, and she said it through a bullhorn. They Planned Parenthood side behind her in a Black Preborn Lives Matter poster between her and a small crowd. You know what? I'm proud of these two kids. I could not be more proud. They weren't violent. They used chalk. It wouldn't be permanent. I'm proud of them. But you see, the First Amendment only applies to the left, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't apply to conservatives. It only applies to colleges and universities that radicalize their students and have radical groups. Not to conservatives on campus and not to conservative speakers who might be invited to campuses. Freedom of association only applies to the left. Casinos, if they want them, but not churches. 
that you can't have association of churches. Only if you're going to burn things down and protest and yell Black Lives Matter and are from Antifa. I'm going to put it to you bluntly. In many ways, in the last two or three months, we've lost significant freedoms. Significant freedoms. Right under the First Amendment. We've lost a significant amount of our free speech, of our freedom of association, and freedom of the press. There is a totalitarian purification process going on, and I've warned you about this in multiple books, and for almost two decades now, I guess, behind the radio, behind the microphone. That this day would come, and it's here. And it's only going to get worse. Because the Republicans, many of them, you've got Romney, you've got Murkowski, you've got Collins. They don't, they don't even perceive the threat that this nation's going through, or they don't care. They're all about their own political survival. But the Democrats are united, like stormtroopers, like legislative stormtroopers. That's what you saw at the hearing of Bill Barr, legislative stormtroopers. And they are united. There's not a single one of them that will break off in the Senate or in the House. Don't give me Manchin, that clown, that jackass from West Virginia. That's what we're facing. McConnell and the others, they've been around Washington way too long. They're products of this, this city. And so they can't see straight. John Thune, same thing. Who's that idiot from Missouri? I can't remember his name. The senior senator. Doesn't matter. You can see them all lined up. If the last two or three months, let, let me put it to you this way also. This president shouldn't just win by a little. This president should win by a landslide. I understand. We have the media against us. The media, in effect, the ideological monopoly of the media. I understand that. I understand we have all these nonprofit front groups funded by billionaires like Soros against us. I got it. I understand the massive bureaucracy and the massive teachers' unions are lined up against us. I got it. But what about the rest of America? They see the Democrats rioting. They see the Democrats attacking federal facilities. They see the Democrats attacking monuments, like them or not. They see the Democrats lining up with Marxists and anarchists. They see the Democrats trashing our first responders. Remember them, our heroes? I'm thinking, what if another few jets fly into those towers, Mr. Producer, new towers? Who's going to run in now? The liberals? The media? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Open borders. I just cannot believe... I cannot believe that America has fallen so quickly that a majority, a significant majority of Americans aren't going to say, you know what? We're not buying the static. We're not buying the propaganda. We don't care about tweets. None of that matters. We see what's going on. And the fact is, in terms of policies, Donald Trump has either been conservative or relatively moderate. 
but he's been bold. Bold. When it's the border wall, when it's the court system, and so forth and so on. There's things that are done as a matter of policy I don't always agree with, but so what? So what? This is life and death for America. That's what this election's about. Life and death for America. And you can already see the cancer that the Democrats have unleashed on our society. Our cities are experiments. They're the guinea pigs. Nobody wants to live there anymore. And they can't get out. Those who can are getting out. Like wealthy, liberal, white people. But other people who can't get out, they're stuck there. And they're brutalized. They're literally brutalized. You have a police department in Minneapolis that's been utterly destroyed, and so now they're putting out advice on how to be a victim, how to be a better victim. How to be a better victim. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom. And freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. By the way, next hour I have a special guest for the full hour. The last time I did something like this was what, 10 years ago, Mr. Producer? Something like that. And then we'll be back to... Regular broadcasting in the third hour. Trader Joe's. My wife loves this store, Trader Joe's. I mean, as long as I can get some of the stuff I like, doesn't much matter to me. But Trader Joe's was going to change all of its names. You know, it sort of had character names and different things. And uh, the stormtroopers, the that is the Democrats, uh, the Gestapo, uh, Eva Pelosi and her ilk, uh, they were very upset with uh, Trader Joe's, the fictional names that they were using. Very racist, inspiring, and very kind of white privilege and all the rest, and Trader Joe's buckled. Well, 48 hours passed and 72 hours passed, and they said, wait a minute, what the hell are we doing? We treat people with respect. We're running a business. We don't discriminate against anybody. We are not systemically racist. No, I think we'll stick with our business model. We're not changing a damn thing. So now I like Trader Joe's more than any other food store, Mr. Producer. So those of you who have Trader Joe's in your communities, well, go ahead and use them. 
and thank them. Use them and thank them. It's honey and the stick. You've heard of that. Honey and the stick. Not you S&M types. I'm talking about honey, reward, the stick, punish. NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, in my view, can go the way of the Titanic. And look, that's where they're going to go. It's up to you. If you watch them, they'll survive. If you buy their sneakers made in uh, some concentration camp in China, they will survive. If you don't, they won't survive. Lesson learned. This is called pushback. On the other hand, as with Goya products, um, we have to treat companies that stand their ground, that aren't political, that are just trying to employ people and make money and reinvest and improve their community and their neighborhoods, they need to be supported by us. And that's the way it should work, as far as I'm concerned. So Trader Joe's, we salute Trader Joe's. Now quickly, this Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci. Let me tell you what I see going on. Dr. Fauci is the favorite of the left and the Democrat Party. Have you noticed that? Where's Dr. Fauci? The president's having a press. Dr. Fauci's not president. Where's Dr. Fauci? They must be squelching Dr. Fauci. Oh, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci. He's been around half a century, actually 52 years in Washington. You're around Washington 52 years. Uh, You have enormous contacts. And you leak. You have associations. I believe Fauci thinks the president's going to lose, and I think he believes the Democrats are going to take the Senate and hold the House. And so he has decided that he's going to side with them. Not in such a grotesquely overt way, but in a bureaucratic way. In a bureaucratic way. Dr. Burks has been less so. Look, I'm no fan of either. But Dr. Burks has been less so. She's been much more in line with the task force. And so Pelosi knows this, and Pelosi has told this behind the scenes. So she's out to trash Burks, because Burks is out there saying we're making a lot of progress and so forth. Fauci's there, "Eh, I told you to wear a mask. Uh, I told you, stay at home. I told you, if we would just do that, Cuomo's terrific, unbelievable. You know, what kind of an idiot, excuse me, what kind of a scientist would say that? So then Burks buckles. She's attacked by Pelosi. Then she swings left and kind of undermines the president. Here's the problem. Too many scientists who are bureaucrats, not enough from the private sector. I'll be back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know... People say to me, Mark, what do you do for a hobby? 
I say, what's a hobby? Uh, I read, I research, I study, take some time with the family, but that's what I do. I can't do golf because of screwed up back. I'm sure as hell not watching sports anymore because they're all a bunch of uh, leftists. And uh, about a year ago, a very dear friend of mine, one of my best friends, in fact, said, I'm thinking about writing a book. And he told me what it was going to be about. And he hadn't written a book in, in a decade. I said, this could be a killer and crucially important for the election. So I got an advanced copy about a month ago, and I read it. And I said, you hit a grand slam. And I say that not because you're my buddy, but because I've read the book. And you hit a grand slam. And... Um, That buddy, of course, is Sean Hannity. And Sean Hannity's book has already shot up the number one nonfiction on Amazon. And it comes out tomorrow, brand new. And I looked at Amazon. I'm on Amazon now. And I've told you folks this with my own books. The time to get a book is like the day before because they deeply discount it. It's about 34% off. Let me see. 34% off. So now's the time to buy it and you'll get it tomorrow. Amazon.com. And the book is called Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. Sean Hannity, how are you, my friend? Great one. God bless us. Thank me. How am I? Uh, listen, first of all, <laughs> I got I, I to I I thank you. You're one of my dearest friends in the world. You're one of the smartest guys I've ever met and know. You are a patriot. You know and I know. Wait, it's your book, uh, not mine. No, no, no. But, well, all right, go ahead. well, well you're a constitutional scholar. You're a historian. You you bring a knowledge and uh, that nobody else in in our business brings. Nobody's better at it. By the way, you're also the easiest guy I've ever interviewed. When Mark comes on Hannity at TV at night, guys, for all you Levinites out there, I say, Mark, what do you think? And then I shut up. And you leave me alone. I, just, I leave you alone. And I do it because... You, you, this is what you do. Um, we share one thing for sure, and so does your audience. A love of this country. And, you know, live free or die. It says in Latin at the very bottom, live free or America dies, Mark. When I, I remember the conversation like it was yesterday, I was like, oh, this book is in my head. It's coming to me, and I swore I'd never do this again because it's too hard. And I've watched you. I've been in your house when you were writing your books, and I've and, and it it uh, those those images are seared in my memory. I mean, an entire room, your dining room, the last book, piles and piles and stacks and stacks of papers and books and research. So, and having done three books before, my last one was 2010. You're right. And by the way, I donated all that the profit of that book to charity, and I was glad to do it. I don't do this for money. I am worried about this country. Uh, Reagan said we're but one generation away from extinction, Mark. You know, freedom is. Freedom is one generation away from extinction. And if this stated agenda of Biden with Bolshevik, Bernie, AOC, and company is implemented, I don't think America, it becomes unrecognizable because of these failed, predictably failed policies. This is stuff you warned about in all of your books. 
And, you, you know, you've labeled it. You've gone through the history of it. Statism, you know, socialism, uh, state run of industry, loss of freedom. The one thing in the one chapter that I do as I, I do a build in this book, and you were very perceptive last night when I was on with you on TV. And by the way, thank, you gave me the full hour and really, really some time to just slow down and get into depth. Well, let me just stop you. And here's why. TV goes fast. It you know, it, you got a lot of guests on most shows. They go fast. This book is very deep. It's very readable. I mean, it's, it's very real, but you get into things, just, just to point a few things out, and then, then I'll turn it back to you. Your first chapter is a very powerful summary of American early history. And then you, sh- and then you go to Rise of Radicals, and then the 2020 Democrat Agenda. Then on Chapter 4, you spend a lot of time on socialism. I mean, the history of socialism, the effects of socialism. I just want people to understand how serious and substantive this book is. It is a very, very important book. You bring it to current events. You talk about the Trump presidency. You talk about the election. You even talk about the coronavirus because you had the publisher push this book out so fast in breakneck speed it's right up to date for the election. But anyway, I don't want to take anything away from it. I just want people to understand how thorough this book is. Well, let me, let me, let me go through what you just said. There's a lot. because You picked up on it, and I've been doing a lot of interviews. Nobody's really picked up on what you picked up on. What has made America great? What, well, first of all, it's the people. It's those Levinites. It's the Fox viewers that we have. It's the radio audience of, that we both have. The people make this country great, Mark. That's, that's, that's very important. The only reason we've, we've created this wealth and innovation and risk and reward, it's called liberty. Remember, you wrote a book, Liberty and Tyranny. Liberty and Capitalism. And it has created a standard of living second to none, and we share it with the rest of the world. I know it's not fashionable in this day and age to talk about American greatness, goodness, and exceptionalism. But that's just a fact. Are we perfect? No. Are we always working to become a more perfect union? Absolutely. We've got a long way to go, but we've come a long way. And the way it laid out is, okay, this is what made us great, the rise of this radicalism in the country, and... I never thought, Mark, when I started this, it was about a year ago when I started. I remember the call. I'm like, oh, Mark, talk me out of it. Tell me to stop. And you were actually very supportive. I did not know how right I would be. I never thought it would get this radical. This 2020, I call it fantasy land, Democrats' 2020 agenda, because everything that it is now on steroids what I thought it would be. Bolshevik, Bernie, the economics are. AOC, Biden is pledging trillions of our taxpayer dollars to this madness while simultaneously pledging to get us off the lifeblood of the world's economy, oil, gas, and coal. That is a prescription for economic demise and disaster. And the world, when I say the world on the brink, it what so goes America. Let me tell you something. So goes the rest of the world. You talk about it. I talk about it. 
We lost 100 million human souls at least in the last century alone. You know, the, the China, right? Okay. Uh, how did that work out with how many millions starved to death? How, how did the Bolshevik Revolution work? How, compare East Germany to West Germany. Mm-hmm. If socialism so great, why did Finland disband their government in the last year? Why, you know, why is Castro, why is everyone, if they have, oh, lucky enough to have a car, it's a 1950 Chevy. Why is it that Venezuela is not the richest country on earth? So after I do the 2020 Fantasyland Democratic Agenda, then I follow it up with the two hardest research chapters, were one and four, socialism, a history of failure. And the reason I did it... Which, by the way, is fantastic. That chapter is fantastic. The way you walk through it. Anyway, go ahead. Listen, uh, uh, but the reason I did it after the Democratic Agenda is because, Mark, I was shocked. I, you know, as I researched and researched, because everything that they talk about, the, the Bolsheviks, for example, the proletariat, the, you know, bourgeois, except all these things you've talked about for years, right? Every promise that they're making to Americans today, that they were made in every socialist revolution that, you know, ends up in the, in, in the ash heap of history that results in poverty and results predictably in the liberty tyranny argument you always make. Let, let Let me just point out here, because this is very important, what you write and what you're saying. What they're proposing is not new. They are lies. They are impossibilities. And what they are intended to do is take your liberty and your wealth and your rights, and you're not going to get them back, which is the point of that chapter. Mark, not only... It will be a – when I say – this is not hyperbole. When I say America and the world on the brink in 90, what, two days, this is the most critical election. And we've said it before about other elections. Nothing compares. There's never been a presidential candidate that I can think of that has run on – on what is, oh, we're going to transform the economy. Now we know what Biden means. Mm-hmm. Trillions for the new Green Deal. Bolshevik Bernie, he actually plagiarized, like he always does, has a history of it. He plagiarizes Bernie's socialist economic agenda. So what is the danger to all the Levinites and every patriot and every American and, and all the people that watch us on TV, listen to us on radio? The danger is that Reagan's admonition and warning that freedom is but one generation away from extinction, I believe that is it. Great republics historically have failed. Great republics have literally cratered. And, and what, what, what America is supposed to be, it, it, that will become impossible. And I tell everybody this, too. This is, I mentioned this last night to you in the psychological component. It may sound great. I'm going to have free education from pre-K to free college, uh, free government job, guaranteed job, gar- govern- guaranteed pay, guaranteed health care. Here's my question. All the guarantees, free, 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 but we're not going to have oil, gas, or coal. Here's my question. How did free work out in all of these democratic cities where they're not even – there's no law and order? They've let the anarchists run wild. How did they do with safety and security? 
How has the promise of Obamacare worked out for Americans? Because millions lost their doctors and plans. And guess what? We're all paying about 200% more. And almost 40% of the country, Mark, as you know, has uh, literally one Obamacare exchange option. Didn't work out. So, And the educational system in all these cities, it's, they suck as well. They've destroyed the educational system. So my point to you is this, is if they can't handle those things, and I'll add to it Social Security and Medicare, last I read, they're going bankrupt. Another government promise that they can't fulfill. If you think they're going to fulfill these new promises, let me tell you something. They haven't, there's not a single thing that they said they would do when they're in charge. And my last point on this, and I'll shut up and you can ask me any question you want. You want to know what Biden, Bolshevik, Bernie, uh, AOCs, uh, you know, what their agenda will, will do to the country? Well, New York City and state, Chicago the city, Illinois the state. Portland and Oregon, Seattle and Washington, L.A., San Francisco and California. Uh, so, as you've seen decades of liberal rule, that is a preview of coming attractions if we don't win in 92 days. But I'm going to say I have one hopeful message tonight. Hold on to your that hopeful is... message. Hold on to it. Don't okay. forget it. We're going to take like a break. Me. The book is called Live, Live Free or Die. America and the World on the Brink. It's shot to number one on the nonfiction list on Amazon. You can get it at Amazon.com right now. I see it's 34% off. It'll be delivered to you tomorrow when it comes out. Brand new book. It's a fantastic book. Sean and I can only cover a few really basic areas. We don't have time to go through the whole book. And I think the point here is very important, which is the left always ratchets. In other words, they never produce because it's impossible. So they say, give us more money, give, which is the point of your chapter four. Give us more liberty. Let us destroy more of what is and what was. And then you're left with tyranny. We'll, we'll be right back. Don't forget, the book is Live Free or Die. Go to Amazon.com. Get your copy, 34% off. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. most important book now, the most important book before this election, Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink by Sean Hannity, his first book in 10 years. It's a fantastic book. It's a, it's a compelling book. And as you go through it, it's a page turner. Sean Hannity, you said you have some hope. What would that be? 
Yeah, by the way, I thank you for pointing out. I, I didn't know until you mentioned it to me today. I had no idea Amazon made it 34% off. I'm like, psyched. I want to be as widespread as I can. All right, let me tell you where the hope is. Yes. Because I'm talking about if, you know, the Bolshevik, Bernie, Biden, AOC, whatever, Pelosi, Schubert agenda, if they win. I'm going to tell you something, Mark. In, in 2016, Donald Trump shocked the world. More, well, let me say it differently. The American people shocked the world. The reason there's such hostility against this man, and no president in our lifetime has ever had to endure what they have put not only this man through, all of us through. You know, they, they, remember, we had establishment figures hating Reagan. We had establishment figures uh, that hate Donald Trump, never Trumpers. They're not conservative. But here's the thing. And it's always difficult for a Republican, because if you win, you got to thread the needle, because they have California, New York, New Jersey, Illinois, uh, Washington, and, and Oregon. But the people of this country, because they, they hate us. It's not just Donald Trump they hate. You want to know what draining the swamp looks like? This is it, what we've experienced the last three and a half years. And what this, the, these conservative policies have accomplished, they speak for themselves. And I outline them because nobody else in the media mob is going to do it. Now, against all odds, against all the polls in 2016, guess what? We can now project Donald J. Trump is, has now been elected the 45th president. The people, the, the patriots, the Levinites, their friends, their neighbors. The idea of this book is get the information out so you're, you're loaded and ready to go and debate anybody. But mm -hmm. against all odds again, just imagine the moment. If, it, we, if this can happen, I don't have a crystal ball. If the mob, and they are a mob in the media, actually says these words... We can now project that Donald J. Trump has been reelected the 45th president of the United States. What would that mean for this country? Because I always talk about, okay, if Biden wins, this is going to be a disaster. I'm, mm -hmm. And I believe that's true. I believe America and the world is on the brink, the subtitle. Now, when we come back, when, what we, come, yep. when we come back, I want to delve into your chapter, which is really on liberty, on free speech. Uh, how the left is organized to destroy free speech and freedom of the press and freedom of association, which is, a, again, a, a, a very, very important chapter, Chapter 8. So that's one of the things I want to talk about when we return. The book is Live Free or Die, America in the World on the Brink. Sean's first book in a decade. He tells me this is it. You can go to Amazon.com. If you order now, it's 34% off. I'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Now, who's your wireless provider, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile? What if I told you Pure Talk USA uses the exact same network as one of those carriers, same towers, same coverage, but literally costs you half I know it sounds crazy. When I first heard about Pure Talk, I thought this has to be too good to be true. But listen to what their customers are saying. Sarah from Abilene. The service is amazing. Love the price. The speed is quick. Eugene from Granbury. Since giving up AT&T, we really don't feel there's any difference in the level of service quality or accessibility. Now, folks, look at the reviews. People love Pure Talk USA. Why? No contract. No excessive fees. Right now, enjoy unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data, all for just $20 a month. The average person saving $400 a year on their wireless bill for the same exact service. So grab your mobile phone, dial pound 250, and say Mark Levin. Pound 250, say Mark Levin. When you do, you'll get this screaming deal, and you'll save a 50% cut off your first month. Again, that's pound 250 Say keyword Mark Levin, pound 250, keyword Mark Levin. All right, the book, the crucial book for this election, for this time, is Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. The book goes through American history. It goes through socialism. It goes through what the Democrats are proposing, each and every ugly idea and what it'll do. It goes through Russia collusion, the failed attempt to decapitate the presidency. It goes into the media. It goes into the left's assault on free speech and more. And that's where I want to stop for the moment, Sean Hannity. Organized destruction, the left's assault on free speech. This is very, very serious, the cancel culture, and it's in full view of the American people right now. Go ahead. You know, uh, this is, and I start the chapter off with how they, they, on the left, they always want to censor us. I call it organized destruction. They're assault on freedom of speech. Now, liberals like to claim they're open-minded and they're pro-choice, and and so on and so forth. We get all the we get all the platitudes and bumper stickers and slogans. Mark, you know something? It's a lie. This is some. This is not new to those of us in radio. You, uh, me, and, and Rush. And I, I can't mention everybody. All of our brethren in talk radio. All of us. We've been living with, over the years, hundreds of millions of dollars spent to silence us, to shut us down. Every word we utter, every phrase we speak, every sentence we, we, we deliver is taped in the hopes that we say something that, quote, the woke, I never heard of the word woke until yeah. fairly recently, right? Me neither. Cancel culture that they want us off the air. Now, I've never supported a boycott in my life. I love the, the boycott of, of Goya Foods. I thought that was a great antidote. I had a great audience one day on their own. I never I could, didn't even see it coming. They tried to boycott me. Kerrig put out a tweet saying they supported it, and everyone started shooting, beating up, dropping from balconies their Kerrig machines. And in the end, I ended up buying like 500 of them, and I gave it back to the people because they pulled back on it, thank God. And we have lived with this forever. Now, you want to talk about what we don't do? Who's really the defenders of liberty and freedom? 
Well, that would be all of us in talk radio, right? Mm-hmm. Led by you, me, Mark, Rush, by the way, Rush, the Babe Ruth of talk radio. God bless him. We all pray Amen. for him. We, all, we love him. But look at what, they, you know, he forged that path, and they, they've tried his whole career to destroy this man. Mm-hmm. And this, Mark, we're pro-choice. You know why? Because if you don't like what you hear, we can't force anyone to listen. We want people to listen three hours a day. I want people to watch Hannity at 9, set your DVR every night. I want people to watch Life, Liberty, and Levin, Levin TV, and listen to the Mark Levin radio show. But, you know, going back to politically incorrect, when Bill Maher was being canceled, that was the beginning. You know, we didn't even have a name for it yet. I was I didn't I don't call for his firing. You didn't. Rush didn't. Conservatives. Uh, how I grew up listening to Howard Stern. They're trying to drag up tapes from 30 years ago of Howard to try and and say cancel him. As much as I fought with Jimmy Kimmel, uh, I never said fire him. I never would. When recently he came under fire, I stayed out of it. I don't cancel. I don't call for cancel boycotts. Now let me tell you, there's a danger here, Mark. We're really the defenders of liberty. Conservatives are. We never get credit. If you don't like what you're hearing or watching, shut off the radio. You have a million channels these days. We can't force people. And that's not good enough for the pro-choice left, is it, Mark? No. Now, let's look at our universities and colleges here. We have like a Stalinist mentality in terms of tenured professors. Uh, conservatives, really, they take their life in their own hands if they speak out, the speakers and so forth. You cover all this in your book, too. You know, the funny thing is, is we've done two hours now that we're going to do in two hours yesterday, an hour on your TV show, now an hour here. I can't, you, were, you were right last night. We barely touched on 2%, but I knew that's why I needed to write the book. Yeah. Because there's so much in there that in, even doing four hours a day, I can't even begin to put the amount of research that you can put into a book which is why I love and respect you so much for, for not only liking it, but embracing it. But I think your books are going to be viewed through the prism of history as transformational. But I have a whole section in Chapter 8 called Universities, Leftist Incubators. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing we have really screwed up on in this country, we have allowed that, and, and I talk about the rise of the radical left, the rise of radicals, and look at what it's, look at what it's evolved into today the most radical presidential candidate in the history of the country. But we have allowed the the left to indoctrinate, brainwash, intimidate anybody that even says a a thing about uh, uh, Donald Trump. God forbid you ever spoke out. Look at what poor Charlie Kirk goes through, a mutual friend of ours. Yeah. You know, he bravely, him and Tony, they go into the colleges you know, I remember, Mark, when I went, uh, I spent a year at Adelphi in New York, then I went to NYU a year. It's funny, because both claim I'm alumni, and I'm not, um, <laughs> which cracks me up. But By the I way, none there, of my schools claim me at all. Isn't that weird? Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so, But I remember this guy walks into the classroom, and I was, uh, Reagan, I mean, I was mesmerized by his presidency. I can give you the history, chapter, verse. Of every president from Jimmy Carter on backwards, even I can go back to John Kennedy, lift, uh, rising tide lifts all boats. But, you know, I defend it. He goes, I am a communist. And it started from there. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the semester ended, 
ended up getting the lowest grade I ever got in college, which was a C plus, And I had gotten an A on the midterm. So he had to fail me on the final. But what, what, the, what the class evolved into, and I always sat in the back of the room. It was a pr- pretty big, you know, lecture hall. And it was me and him every day as a, as a dumb kid out of high school and in college my second year, arguing with him. Later, I, Alan and I, when I, when I did Hattie and Coles, we actually brought the guy in. He remembered me like it was yesterday. And I will t- and that's what he said. Now, multiply that, you know, take away the Liberty Universities, the Hillsdale Colleges. You know, there are good places. But I'll tell you, Mark, we've allowed the left to dominate our educational system. You know, I mentioned earlier, you want to know how government fails? Look at Obamacare, look at Social Security, Medicare, look at law, order, security, safety, but also really pay attention in how the government, government schools have failed at a spectacular and, level and Sean, our children. They become highly ideological on the left, and even today, where they can open... They refuse to open because they're still getting paid. They're still getting benefits. Uh, And I said the other night, Sean, they're threatening to strike. I said, how will we know? They're not even working. (laughs) You know, we're we're on different stations in New York. I called the ex-wife, the one I was on with you. And maybe you come over to our station now. Um, You never know. I'd love that. You never know. Look, look, I I, I want to hit another part of your book. It's very important. Okay, whatever you want. Anything you want. Generation Snowflake. And that is, uh, as you point out in the book, you have students here that if they disagree with you, they're offended. They, They blame it on race. They blame it on religion. They blame it on all kinds of things in order to shut down conservatives or or opposition voices that aren't even conservative. You know, systemic racism or white privilege or things of that sort. You know, Mark, I, you know, it's scary, actually, mm-hmm. that there's, and, and, and by the way, they've now so intimidated people that it takes a Charlie Kirk and an organization like his just to talk conservatism and say, I like Donald Trump. That is now an act of courage on a college campus. Mm-hmm. Now, that is not liberty and that is not freedom. And that also is a preview of coming attractions in Biden and Bolshevik Bernie's and AOC's America if this guy wins in 92 days. That is, that is chilling. And let me tell you one other thing, Mark. You know, we always get, we're so outraged. Oh, the vapors. Oh, wow. You know what? They're not outraged. They feign outrage. Because when it's one of them, meaning liberal Democrats and radical leftist extremist socialists that are now trying to take over the country in 92 days, when their, when their side says outrageous things, look at the anti-Semitism of people, quote, in the squad. Mm-hmm. The, the, I mean, there's no condemnation of that. You know, this country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. Now, by the way, by the way, also, and I want to take a break so we have enough time in the last segment. Also, you talk about the left's assault on religious liberty. I want to touch on that in the next segment, too, because I say it's an extremely comprehensive, really, really uh, intriguing book and crucially important for this election. This is the election book, and the book is Live Free or Die, 
America and the world on the brink. Now, what's different about this book, it's not just rah, rah, rah. I mean, you go deep into these subjects. It's not like TV, let's be honest, where you can't always go deep in the subjects, even sometimes radio. That's why writing a book can be so much more difficult, because you really have to dig in and dig deep, which is exactly what you do. Live free or die. Amazon.com. It's 34% off. You can get to it by Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, or just go there directly. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. This happens once every 10 years where I have Sean Hannity on my show for an hour to go over his book. He hasn't written one in 10 years, but when you read this, you'll see why he wrote this book. Live free or die. You can get on Amazon.com. It's 34% off right now. And it really is a thoroughly written, fabulous book. And it, it's, uh, it's a book I couldn't put down to. We only have a few minutes left, Sean. The left's assault on religious liberty. This is a big deal. Listen, because we're short on time, I don't want to get off this, this show of yours and not, A, thank you for being the dear friend you are. B, oh, that's a pleasure. thanking every one of the patriots in your audience and my audience. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy the book's number one today on Amazon. This is not about me. This is not, Mark. This is, to me, I have a five-alarm fire in my heart, mind, and soul. I do. I love this country so much, as all of your Levinites do. I view myself and all of us together, we're all spokes in a wheel. Um, mm-hmm. And we need every one of those spokes to win. I want to win in 92 days for the sake of our children and grandchildren. All right. I can't thank you enough. One of my best friends, I love you. Thank you for everything uh, you're, you're, you're doing supporting this book. is is so meaningful to me. Well, I'm supporting the book because, as you say, I support the country. This is, if we can get this in a lot of people's hands before the election, it's going to make a difference. You know, you mentioned the left's assault on religious liberty. Can I just start with this one statement? There's never been a president that has been better to our best friends, the state of Israel, uh, than this president. There's never been a president that has stood up for religious freedom and liberty like this president. You know, I, I, I remember Newt Gingrich in 2008 called me and said, you got to pull back. You're going at Obama too hard with your vetting, et cetera. Everybody knows what I did. Ayers, Dorn, Wright, Black Liberation Theology, Acorn, Alinsky. All right, so, you know, I will, I will tell you this. I knew when I was putting my credibility on the line in 2016, and by the way, you and I had private conversations. I've known Donald Trump over 25 years, and I knew he would govern as a conservative. And I knew it because I knew him. Now, he's, and, and by the way, I don't fault our conservative brethren that thought, he's not pro-life. He said this. He had changed his opinion, and he explained it. He's not going to keep his promise on lower taxes, ending the bureaucracy, energy independence. He found a way to get the money for the wall. Originalists on the court, thank God, because that one thing is generational, having a generational impact on this country. Our next president likely will pick what? How many Supreme Court justices? We don't know. 
and I put everything on the line. I'm counting at least one. You. Well, I told you, Mark, I remember we had conversations, and I love Ted Cruz, too, um, that I knew when, when I saw that he was going to win, I thought because he was a disruptor, an iconoclast, I thought the country was sick of it. Republicans have become weak, timid, feckless, and visionless. And I said it often on radio and TV, especially look at, oh, 65 show votes on repeal, replace, you know, a full repeal two years later when it matters, seven Republican senators bail. But I put it all on the line. And Donald Trump fulfilled all of that. Every promise. You know, the media acts so outraged at what he does. I hate to tell them. He's probably the most predictable president in our lifetime. You know why, Mark? Mm-hmm. Because everything he said he'd do, he's doing. And by, and by the way, bill. Sean, there is no excuse for conservatives not to vote for him. None. He's far not. more conservative than either Bush was. Let's be honest. He's more conservative than Romney or McCain everywhere. So enough of that already. Well, yeah, we're always, we're always told as conservatives. I'm, I can register as a conservative in New York, and I am. You know, we're always told every four years, oh, just you got to suck it up. Your guy didn't win, blah, 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 blah. And I always knew that it was the lesser of two evils. I, kn- I knew John McCain. I, I, believe, I, I admired his war service. I did, and I do it today, and I know he served his country with honor. But I knew he wasn't a Reagan conservative. I knew he wasn't, you know, where you and I are politically, and we're pretty much in sync everywhere. And I knew that it was just the better of the two options. You know, Mitt Romney, you know, it's fascinating to me. I don't understand Mitt Romney because they called him a racist, a misogynist. He cut some kid's hair at boarding school. They, they eviscerated this man. And it mm-hmm. seems like he's forgotten, like he has amnesia or I don't know what. He's an it opportunist. He's an opportunist. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Everybody no, no, let, I, I've got... I've got 40 seconds, and I want to say there this. You go. I'll let, thank, by the way, thank you again. Thank you. You don't need to. Levinites. Levinites, we're the core of conservatism. We are. This exactly. is a fantastic book. I want to urge you to go on Amazon now. Get your copy before tomorrow because it's 34% off, and they tend to increase the price. And it's the book I really believe strongly about this for the lead-up to the election. And it'll take you a few days to read it. It's a substantive book. It's not like TV or radio. When you write a book, it's, it's much more, you know, it's a heavier lift, but it is an easy lift. And the book is Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. It's a fantastic book. Sean Hannity, I think your year worth of work was worth it. Mark Levin, I love you. God bless you always. God bless your audience. And let's shock the world in 92 days. All right, brother. God bless. Live free or die. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. 
Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811. Mail-in voting. Well, first of all, let's lay the foundation here. The Democrats want mail-in voting. But 12 years ago, they didn't. This is what I mean. It's anything for power. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, in a CNN report in 2008. Cut eight, go. Has wrong written all over it. It'd be a risky experiment for us with an election that has stakes as high as a presidential election does. We've never done a mail-in ballot statewide. Wasserman Schultz is worried about signature fraud, disenfranchising college students, getting addresses wrong, and having private donors instead of states footing the bill. She favors seating the delegates already chosen. But there's a way to solve this without totally redoing this. Now, notice they never said to her, to Vassaman Schultz, you don't have any evidence of signature fraud. You don't have any evidence that this will disenfranchise college students. You don't have any evidence that they'll get the addresses wrong. Do you notice that, Mr. Producer? They never questioned her, ever. And then we'll pull out of the dustbin Jerry Nadler. 2004, four years earlier, cut seven, go. That in my experience in New York, uh, paper ballots are extremely susceptible to fraud. What's your evidence for that? You don't have any evidence for that. You don't know what you're talking about. You're just trying to stay in power forever. You must be Hitler. Maybe you're Mussolini. You're Stalin. Maybe you're all of them. You never know. I mean, after all, you don't have any evidence whatsoever that it's susceptible to fraud. Give us your evidence. Notice they never ask him. Go ahead. And at least with the old clunky voting machines that we have in New York, um, the the deliberate fraud is way down uh, compared to paper. When they when the machines break down, they vote on paper. We've had real problems. So that's a that real is... problems. What's your evidence? Where is it? Show us. Point to it. Underscore it. Show us. Nothing. And yet, he's asserted it's a problem. Go ahead. There's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. I'm simply observing that as a problem. There's got to be a way of getting the best of our methodologies. But in fact, the MIT studies have shown that hand-counted paper ballots are among the most reliable. Now, keep something in mind. We're not even talking about hand-counted paper ballots at a precinct. We're talking about mail-in voting. Mail-in voting. Go ahead there's a miscount, you can argue. discover it. Uh, you can't discover miscounts with these well, uh, machines. Maybe optical scan with paper. I, I want a paper trail. I want paper somewhere. But pure paper with no machines, uh, I, can show you pre- I can show you experience which uh, would make your head spin. Uh, show us, please. Because now you're all trashing the President of the United States. He'll never move out of office. Huh? They'll have to bring in the U.S. Marshals, the National Guard. These leftists are such pigs, it's not even funny. It's not even funny. You know, uh, 
That Trump, I don't think he's going to leave. He'll never leave office, that Trump. But Nancy Pelosi's all for mail-in voting. I guess she doesn't know what her party used to say. Cut five, go. The fact is, I was a former chair of the California Democratic Party years ago before I came to Congress. And I can tell you, we could win any election on Election Day. It was that vote by mail that the Republicans came in on that made the difference. And the Republicans very much have been voting by mail, and they understand the importance of it. Right now, even more important, because it is a health issue. Now, it's a health issue for her, a mental health issue. She's obsessed. She can't help it. She's like a mental patient. But the point is, they believe they'll win by mail-in voting. That's why they want to do it. And how do they know that? California's been their experiment for a decade. How to steal elections. How to litigate in elections. How to win elections a week or two after elections. So she and her comrades in California have put all of this into practice. And so they want to do it nationwide, which is why the President of the United States is calling a... uh, Banging the pots and pans over it. And in Nevada, just to show you what's going on, my buddy Adam Laxalt brought this to my attention, and we tweeted it a day or two ago. The governor calls an emergency special session of the legislature in Nevada. It must be an emergency. Is Is it due to COVID? No. Well, what is it? They decide at night when nobody's around. To approve mail-in voting. And the same kind of practices they have in California. So after the fact voting, if things come in late, you know, we can count it late and so forth. Because they want to flip Nevada. They want Nevada to go for Biden. Now, why would a legislature, why would a left-wing Democrat governor, left-wing legislature, and by the way, they bypass the Secretary of State who's in charge of elections because she's a Republican. They cut her out of the process. The governor and the lieutenant governor bring in the legislature, which is majority Democrat. They ram through this legislation. When nobody's ready, emergency special session to put this in place. Now, if it was going to help Trump or hurt Biden, you think they would have done that? So clearly they think this helps them. And the President of the United States says we're going to need some kind of litigation to challenge it. You see, the left is fascistic, Marxist, brown shirts, traitors. And they accuse you and the President of all the things that they are, as I always say. And Mr. President, are, are you going to accept the results of the election? Well, I'll have to look at it. I got to Oh, he's not going to leave everybody. No, he's not going to leave. Oh, he's Hitler. Oh, my God. He's a. Will Biden accept the results of the election? Then why did he hire 600 lawyers? And why haven't the Democrats accepted the results of the 2016 election? It's not only that. The Democrats didn't accept the election of Bush versus Gore. Oh, I see. He's an illegitimate president. The Supreme Court selected him. And as I wrote in my book, Men in Black, George Bush was going to be president of the United States as a result of the 2000 election, no matter what. Because in the end, if it was kicked to the House of Representatives, 27 27 of the state uh, delegations were Republican. And each delegation gets one vote. And he would have been president. He would have gotten 27 votes. 
That's right. George Bush would have been president even if there wasn't a Supreme Court case. But he's illegitimate. He was illegitimate. Remember that? Over and over again. And Trump, you know, got to get rid of the Electoral College. It's a throwback to slavery. You know? Really? Not really? Oh, yeah, but we decided it was. And not only that, that's right. Trump's not going to leave. Trump's, as I told you the other night, this is a whole setup. As I've told you last week, it's a whole setup. It's a close election. If it's a close election, they accuse the President of the United States of refusing to accept the result. If there's litigation involved, even if they initiate it, they're going to accuse the President of the United States of refusing to leave. This is a plan. And it's been in place for months. If the Democrats are good at anything, it's lying through their three teeth. That's true. Now we have Brian Stelter. Brian Stelter is uh, sort of the curly of the three stooges, Mr. Producer. And he sounds like curly as he goes on CNN. Brian Stelter could not work for any other news operation except the New York Times, which is where he came from. He's so bad and so stupid and prebubescent. Did I say prebubescent? By the way, nothing against him on that ground. It is what it is. Cut four, go. Keep in mind, Fox News calls... Wait a minute, is that him or is that that one of the lady anchors? Let's go to the top, please. Keep in mind, Fox News calls its election coverage Democracy 2020. Yes. I hope they'll live up to that word. Oh, 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 he hopes Fox lives up to the word democracy. Yes, he does. He really does. Democracy. Fox. So here's a guy that wants to destroy Fox and destroy conservatives and talk radio. And he talks about democracy. And he's a brilliant young man. He, I think he graduated in the middle of his class from Towson State in Maryland. Something like that. Go ahead. Democracy. Yes. Because we are witnessing creeping authoritarianism in America. No, no. You're the creepy authoritarian, you moron. You are, you jerk. Go ahead. The New York Times called it Trump's campaign to undercut democracy. Oh, the New York Times did that. Really? I mean, the New York Times did... What's he, Minnie Mouse? The New York Times did that? Why would you cite the New York Times? I mean, that is a... Disgusting corporation there. Go ahead. And you can say it was just a tweet, and you can say he was just kidding. It is still... Has anyone watched this show, Mr.? Nobody watches this show. Nobody watches this show. Nobody. Yes, Scarborough might, but I don't even think Scarborough watches it. He's too stupid to remember what channel he's on. Go ahead. Creeping authoritarianism, even if the guy is joking... Of course, the good news this week is the Republicans did immediately challenge Trump's musing about delaying the election. And more good news. News outlets did a really good job. Now, here's, here's the irony of this idiot. Delaying the election. Isn't that what they do in California and they want to do in Nevada? They count the votes after the election in order to try and topple the Republicans? They did that to six or seven Republicans in California. Isn't that what they do? Delay the election? When Al Gore went to court, wasn't he trying to delay the election? You idiot. I'll be right back. 
Smart Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. WABC, Joe in New Jersey. How are you, Joe? I am awesome, uh, Mark. Thanks for all you do for us. We do Thank really you, brother. Thank you. I have you. two questions. Yes. Two quick questions. One is, I'm getting conflicting views on uh, baseball and, and basketball ratings. One, one side saying that there's, like, unbelievable positive ratings, but yet other outlets are saying that it's, it's trashing. Is there any way... Look, I'm just looking at OutKick, which is an honest site that doesn't have a, uh, as they say, dog in this fight. And the numbers are the numbers. And their numbers are lousy. Right. So we're getting conflicting information from the website. In fact, I'll go further than that. ESPN's numbers are lousy. And and I'm I'm reading stuff that's saying it's positive. So evidently the numbers are, are skewed. Well, let's hope this positivity keeps up until they're dead. I'm not talking about the players. I'm talking about the leagues. I'm with you. Now, because I, I've had it. I've had it. And you know what? Something else will spring up. That's the nature of America. That's what the left doesn't understand. That's what these owners and the leagues don't understand. One of the things I've been doing lately, Joe, is I've been looking at really, really old baseball cards. I'm not really a collector, but I look at some of these really old baseball cards, and you see... Most of the companies that were putting out the baseball cards, a lot of tobacco companies, cereal companies, they're gone. Most of the original leagues are gone. So what? The NFL goes, the NBA goes, something else will spring in its stead. You've got to respect your fans. You've got to stop calling people racists who aren't racists. You've got to stop putting down uh, logos of Marxist, anti-Semitic, anti-family, anti-American organizations and expect us to put up with it. We're right. not going to. My second question is, I'm wondering if any of these reporters that interview these people after the games, you know, after they've done something wonderful from a sports standpoint, if they could question them and say, what do you feel about the nuclear family? I have a better idea. Do you hate America? <laughs> right, exactly. Are you a Marxist? Like Are you an anti-Semite? But your question's good, too. Don't you believe in family? Well, yeah, well, well, what are you running around with those stupid words on the back of your shirt? Exactly right. Mark, uh, I love you. We appreciate you, and we thank you for all you do. Keep up the great work. And by the time. way, you live in Freehold, New Jersey. They're going to have to change that name. That's for sure. Exactly right. 
my wife was fearful of that, and I think they're up to, to something. The second thing I really want to tell you is that when I went to put in my, uh, my primary vote, I was curious. I did a provisional ballot. I went to the post, and I talked to the person who was a pollster. They gave me my particular ballot, and what they did was I, I filled it out, I gave it to them, and they threw it in this little cardboard tray. And I'm saying, well, aren't you supposed to put it into the zip file? I said, no, no, we're going to collect them all and put them in there. So after that, I told her, I said, no, no, you got to put it into the zipper file. And then I've been calling ever since July 7th to find out if my vote has been counted or not. And I'm I telling you, an <laughs> I'm telling you, this is, it's so awful what they've done to voting in this country. And if you call them out on it, it's, uh, oh, you're trying to suppress and oppress. Hey, can we have a call? Can we have, you know, your driver's license ID? Oh, you must be a racist. And I think people should use that line anytime they get cigarettes or beer. The TSA is, hey, hey, what are you, racist? I'm just going to see how that works. All right, Joe, take care of yourself, buddy. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. Let us go to Gene in Forks, Washington State. Sirius Satellite, go. Let's go to Barbara. Gene's gone. Dix Hills, New York, the great WABC, go. Hello, Mark. I'm so glad to talk to you. I Thank heard you. you talking to Sean, and you wanted to talk about this president and religious freedom. I've been working on religious freedom issues for eight years now, and I can tell you this president, like no one else before him, puts religious freedom at the top of his priorities. In every department in the government, he has a representative for his Faith and Opportunity Initiative. Our organization has worked with them in the Health and Human Services Department and in the Education Department. This president stands up for religious freedom for Americans of every faith, and he puts his words into action. You don't have to look at his words, just look at his actions. There are lists of actions that he has taken to secure religious freedom, such as preventing discrimination against faith-based groups who want to uh, compete for government grants and contracts, for example, in adoption. Um, he stands up for our students in the public schools, 
for their rights, which have been hidden, their rights to religious expression in public school. He stands for that very strongly. We see him standing beside the Little Sisters of the Poor, who the previous administration instructed that they must pay for abortion-inducing drugs, contraception, and sterilization against their well-known religious convictions. He stands with them. He stands behind them. And still they had to go back to the Supreme Court because there are those in this government who want the jackboot of government on every religious belief. And and, uh, Joe Biden stands for what? Joe Biden stands for nothing. Abortion Abortion on demand. Abortion after abortion. Yes, yes. Infanticide. And his whole party. Now, let, now let me ask you a question, Barbara. This hydroxychloroquine, which they've now made into a political issue. And it's my position that I should be able to take it if my doctor and I say I can take it and take it with zinc and all the other stuff that, that makes it actually work in the early stage or even as a prophylactic. Um, Dr. Fauci says no. And, of course, Dr. Fauci hasn't actually practiced medicine for half a century. He's been in Washington, D.C. for 52 years. That's all right. But we know abortion kills. Is that not a fact? We know abortion kills. Unless unless it's botched, it kills every time. And so why is that a choice? But hydroxychloroquine is not a choice. Because that is the choice of the left. Because they're ideologues and they're evil. And they would decide which lives are worth saving and which are not. And in my opinion, for a doctor who has not treated COVID patients, to go against what all these other doctors are finding and deny them that medication is the equivalent of murder because you are denying them. It's so true. And I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to address this in two weeks in a big way. It's not like this is my big issue. It's just that it shouldn't be a big issue. So... I'm going to address this in a big way, bigger than anybody else has addressed this, in about two weeks. I'll let you know about it on the air. Okay, Barbara? I'm so glad to hear that. And I have to say, even the Catholic bishops of the United States have come out more than once thanking President Trump for his stand for life and for religious liberty, for speaking out at the March for Life. Many faiths thank Mm -hmm. him for that. All right, my friend. I agree with you. And if you're... If you're a true believer in any of the major faiths, I don't know how you vote for Biden. I just don't know how you do it. Let's take another call, shall we? Let's go to Jeff, Hardin, Virginia, the great WMA Hardin, Virginia. You mean Herndon, Virginia, right, Mr. Call Screener? Where are you, Jeff? Yeah, I'm Herndon, Virginia, Mark. Well, we just changed the name to Hardin, Virginia. But anyway, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) All right, sounds good. Hey, yep. uh, faithful listener, uh, Thank I have you. a couple of questions. Two, hey, let uh, me ask you there. something. Is that Virginia Diner open these days? Yes, it is. I love that place. Love it. I sneak oh, in there now it, and then. It, yeah, I hear you. Yes. <laughs> I get up to Leesburg every now and then, too. I, 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 don't say too much now. All right, all right, all right. Go, uh, go ahead, my friend. Uh, two scenarios for you. One, uh, we know that uh, the Democrats are trying to... Uh, you know, distort the election till Trump uh, can't be elected uh, or the election won't be decided and that Pelosi would then be the president. But what if her election is not decided by then? And the second one is, what if Trump 
has enough electoral votes and decided elections in states to win the presidency. What? All right, let me give me that first scenario again. The first scenario is the Speaker of the House would be the president if the Trump election is not decided in time. But well, I, I heard I heard uh, some left wing law professor. He may even be retired. Say that. Uh, I'm not sure that's the case or not. And ultimately, the Supreme Court, unfortunately, would decide that with with John Roberts. And by the way, on Levin TV tomorrow, those of you who get Levin TV, I'm going to spend a significant amount of time on the Supreme Court and John Roberts. uh, Because he's become quite the political hack and the leaker to liberal media, including trashing his fellow Supreme Court justices. It's really appalling what he's done to that court now. So... And, and other justices, too. So I'm going to spend uh, a lot of time on that, on Levin TV tomorrow. Anyway, so uh, <clears throat> I know the theory is that since the president and vice president have terms, uh, that would leave it to the Speaker of the House, the third in line. It, it's certainly possible, but I'm going to study this a little bit more since, since it's a, uh, a first-time event. What was your second question? second question was, what if Trump, has enough electoral votes uh, in the election to give him the presidency, and there are mm-hmm. still undecided votes in all these other cut, um, uh, states. Then it doesn't matter would, would, if if he wins. If he has if he has the electoral college votes he needs, two seventy one or more, uh, or is it two seventy? That's it. It's over. Yeah. So doesn't matter. That, even if there are other states are still outstanding. Yeah, but let me tell you what the Democrats are doing, because I lived through 2000 very, very closely dealing with this. They're looking at the battleground states, and that's where they're going to put their lawyers. They're not going to put them in California and New York and New Jersey and Illinois and Rhode Island. They're going to look at these battleground states, and if, they, if they're close, they're going to litigate. They're going to accuse Trump of being a, uh, a dictator. He doesn't want to leave. Uh, If it's close and they have a slight lead and he challenges ballots, they're going to try the same thing. So this whole propaganda campaign has been laid out, as I've been saying, the last many, many weeks. All right, my brother. Good call, Jeff. Thank you. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking about this for weeks, too, even before that op-ed piece was written in the New York Times by Thomas Friedman. Is Joe Biden going to duck the debates? And there's great pressure from the Democrat side for him to duck debates and blame it on Trump. And I saw one of his Fengalis on TV saying, Joe Biden's, Joe Biden's already said we're going to do three debates. It's Donald Trump who's negotiating. So it's Trump's fault. Do you detest these people as much as I do, Mr. Producer? Mr. Call Screener, do you detest these people as much as I do? God, I can't stand them. Anyway, um, this is going to be the effort. This is going to be the effort. Maybe they'll do one debate, and they'll say it wasn't fair, wasn't a fact checker, you know, something wasn't right, maybe one of Plugs Plugs wasn't working, whatever it is. So again, they're creating the narrative. They're they're big lie artists. That's what they are, and they have a, a massive media platform that regurgitates everything they do and say. They're against hydroxychloroquine, then the media are against it. They're for mail-in voting, then the media are for it. They're against open borders, the media are against it. They're for open borders now, the media are for it. It's just amazing. 
It's like synchronized uh, swimming pool dancing, Mr. Producer. Can you imagine Brian Stelter in a bathing suit? I, I, sorry, that's, that's ugly. So uh, supporters urge Joe Biden not to debate. It's in Newsweek and everywhere else. Uh, and uh, they bring out this guy, Joe Lockhart. Joe Lockhart looks like one of the uh, inmates in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Mr. Producer. You, you ever see that movie? He's kind of roaming the hallway. Joe Lockhart looks like one of those guys roaming the hallway. All right, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Now, Pelosi is attacking a woman. She's a misogynist. You know, my wife tells me that obviously in her legal career, she's worked for men bosses and women bosses. And she has told me that it's much tougher to work for a woman boss. I said, why? Just because of the personality issues or the the hierarchy issues and so forth, it's a generalization, but that's her experience. And I can see this in Pelosi. Can you imagine being one of the Democrats in the House of Representatives under Pelosi? I mean, she's got she's got Schumer whipped up pretty good. Schumer walks behind her, you know, kind of his head between his legs. It's a very strange thing, but you can watch it. And you can see she gets angry very easily. Her forehead slides down her mouth into her chin. She gets very angry. Her four eyebrows rise up. Very, very thin-skinned. What skin she has left. Well, now she's attacking Dr. Burks. Now, I'm not big on Dr. Burks, but I know what's going on. Burks has been more loyal to the science than Fauci. Fauci's been more loyal to the liberal Democrats. That's why they love him. They defend him. They treat him like Confucius says. Oh. And now Fauci says in the hot in the hot spots you shouldn't go to school. What does that have to do with anything? If children don't get this virus and children don't pass the virus. Hot spots, you know, whatever. He should get back to what he does better. Throw baseball. Here's Pelosi on CNN. Cut 11, go. 
Well, what happened is that we had a conversation about how we stopped the virus. And uh, when we did, they, they were making contentions about how tracing isn't a valuable thing, we shouldn't do it. I said, well, that's not what most scientists say. And they said, well, we'll bring a scientist to say that. I said, well, sure, it's not Dr. Burks, because I don't have confidence uh, in anyone who stands there while the president says uh, swallow Lysol. The president and never said swallow Lysol, you moron. Why do you lie like you do? And you get away with it. You get away with it. Because you got Jim Shooter there, a Democrat apparatchik who worked for Obama. So you got Democrats interviewing Democrats. President never said swallow Lysol. Good Lord. And the president never said you should have four facelifts in a lifetime either. But there you go. She needs a lot of eyeliner, too, with those four eyebrows, Mr. Medusa. This Eva Pelosi. The queen of the stormtroopers. So the president never said any of those things. And by the way, Dr. Fauci stood there, too. I remember Dr. Fauci. Yeah. So what's happening, ladies and gentlemen? I'll tell you, it's a bureaucracy. Whether they're scientists, medical experts, it's a bureaucracy. And Fauci's the survivor. You don't survive at the highest levels of the government for over half a century unless you claw your way to the top and you claw against those who dare to challenge you. And you could see some of that arrogance during the hearings when Jim Jordan was so effectively questioning him. And notice they never bring in the private doctors to challenge Fauci at any of these hearings. They should have that expert from Yale sitting right next to Fauci. But they don't. Why is that? Because Fauci won't put up with it. Don't question the Fauci. Don't question him. So that's what you get. Pelosi doesn't believe in science. She believes abortion is a choice. She believes climate change is man-made. There's a lot of things she doesn't believe in. It's a very nasty person. As I say, a nasty old lady. That's pretty much what she is. I have so much more to do here. I, maybe I should expand this program, Mr. Producer. Like the Jerry Lewis telethon, I could do the Mark Levin radiothon. Think that would work? No, I don't think so. Lots more here. We'll get to some tomorrow as well as other things. I want to thank you for being here. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and all of you patriots out there. We're going to make a difference in November, make a difference every single day, and make this country work. Thank you, and God bless you, and I'll see you tomorrow. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.